The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Everybody, welcome to the Rotowire Fantasy Baseball Podcast Tuesday, the final Tuesday bot podcast of this season. I'm sad to say that. That's weird. Fred and I have been doing this all season long, starting in the offseason, and here we are, last week of the season, Fred. Yeah, it's it's bittersweet. We 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 talked before we came on air that uh you know that in some ways it's a long grind with fantasy baseball season, so it feels like maybe it's time for a break. I think overall I do feel that way at the the same time I had, I had like a single tier when I did my last fab bids on Sunday night and they yeah. weren't quite as dramatic as and exciting. They were okay, but my, like my leagues are a little dramatic, but not quite as dramatic as they've been some previous years. So, um, well, let's, so start I, with I, I, Let, let's talk about your leagues. Uh, let, Tout Wars, without you jinxing anything. yeah, Tout Wars is fine. We can fully talk about Tout Wars. I can't jinx that one at this point. Um, let's see if I can pull up. I, my lead, I, I did look at the all-time leaderboard and I thought once I had maybe a small chance, I'm at 107 and the next team's 83. So that one's, I couldn't oh, screw that one up with all the jinxes in the world. In the Who's, what's the secret to your success, success in that league? Um, my players played well. No, um, so <laughs> I did. So I actually went more stars and scrubs than most people recommend doing in an only. Mm-hmm. And it didn't total. So Tatis worked great. Lindor did not, although he hasn't been like a complete zero or anything, but he's been disappointing. He's not worth the whatever 33 or something right. I spent better um, lately than earlier. absolutely. Yeah. yeah, for sure. But, but I had this lead kind of even before he started playing, um, playing well, uh, Ozzy Albies worked great. I ended up trading him for Walker Bueller, um, like in July. So, but he, but if that pick didn't work out, I wouldn't have been able to make that trade. Uh, Max Muncy did great, especially in an OBP league. Oh, yeah. um, Trevor Bauer did not work great. Although the one thing I will say about Trevor Bauer, which would be the only thing anyone said remotely positive about Trevor Bauer in months is he played really well for my team and then he was gone and I caught him. So I didn't have to have him in my lineup for like, you know what I mean? Like for weeks yeah. on end, I'm getting poor production. I got good production and then I put in a reliever for him for the rest of the year. So it's an NL only night. You sure. can't get more starters. Luis Castillo is leading the league in losses, majors and losses, but he was actually an okay pick, but not a great pick. Right. I think. You know, well, the thing is, he's got new strikeouts still. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, he's been. His ratios are okay better. now. They're not great, but they're not yeah. good. 
but yeah, I had some good cheap guys. So I, yeah. I kind of, I stayed at a dollar days, but I stayed in like $2 days, $4 days. Uh, Adam Wainwright was a cheap buy. Adrian Hauser was at a nice season, was a cheap buy. Um, Brandon Crawford was a good cheap buy. Um, Adam Duvall was five bucks or something like that. was a good cheap buy. Omar Nervaez had a pretty solid season. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I picked up Frank Schwindel uh, right at the trade deadline, right after the, the Cubs cleaned house. So I had some of those guys who worked out well. Kenley Jansen, we talked about once or twice on here this season, was my closer. And I and I remember when I talked about how I traded Jake McGee and I traded Steve, Stephen Crichton. Um, and nobody really wanted to pay for Kenley Jansen, I felt like, at the auction or when we were talking trade. Everyone was like, oh, I don't feel good about him. So I just kept him, and he's been fine. Like not amazing, but yep, he's got his 30 saves or, or whatever. I don't know exactly what he's at right now, but he's basically got 30 saves. So two of my three best teams have Kenley Jansen. Yeah. And for that reason, I mean, I think I got him in the ninth round in the main, maybe eighth <laughs> round. Uh, point is he wasn't caught. Co- he didn't cost the same as all the other top closers. There was a Actually, little 36 saves. There it is. I was more than I thought. Yeah. Now, so I, now I have the Dodgers are just so good that yeah. that even sharing saves a little bit. He still has thirty six. Yeah, that's right. So I got I lied. I I got Kelly Jansen the six. I didn't. I did okay for him there in the right. main. So that's pick seventy seven. But I, I got him after Iglesias, after Karen Chak in this league, after yeah. uh, Presley, after Diaz. Uh, after Chapman, Hader, obviously, and Liam Hendricks. So, mm-hmm. uh, bef- but then, then, and before before Rosenthal, I, I could have gotten okay. that landmine. I, did, yep. I avoided stepping on that landmine. Uh, yeah, before Brad Hand, there's another one. Ooh, yeah, that one was fun. Uh, yeah, uh, that one went south in a hurry when it went south. Uh, and, it did, and, and completely too. Uh, but he was pretty much the break point. If, then there was a big drop off on, on like the next group of co- closers there. So uh, yeah, he worked out really well. Basically, is the point. The, a lot of those names did, which is a whole uh, separate topic. But if you yeah. went early, if you went early closer this year and you didn't take Rosenthal, um, you're probably pretty happy. Presley's save totals a little low, but like he's been okay. I, I think you're you're generally satisfied. You're happy with Hendricks. You're happy with Hader. Chapman had his issues, but I have him in the main. He's been fine. He's in the third. He's right. got 30 saves. Like I, that's fine in this landscape, like around five or six. Iglesias was great. Like, like, yeah, Jansen's been good. If you went early closer, you were mo- and didn't get Rosenthal. You were mostly happy. I didn't really count hand in that. I felt like he went a little later than those other guys. So yeah, he did. He Especially top, the like, later we went. Yes. 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 If you went in those top six, seven closers this year, it, it worked out really well for you. Yeah. I, I'd agree with that. Yeah. Uh, are we going to ever see like a 50 closer guy again? The leader right now is Mark Melanson with 38 and you know, Hendricks has 37 Jansen 36. I know it's, it's not that long ago when we had Edwin Diaz, you know, breaking records and all that, but you know, the way usage has evolved and, and, and not just how it's evolved, but how many teams have adapted that usage. Are we going to, you know, how much lower is the floor? I mean, it seems like we can get by with fewer saves. Oh, we de- yeah, we definitely can get by. You're right with fewer saves. Like, yeah, if you can have one good closer who gets you 35 and then fiddle around with the rest of it, like you can, mm-hmm. like as far as getting by, meaning sit in the middle of the pack in your league, then yeah, I, my main event team has, I want to say 46, 47 saves right now. 
and is like kind of middle of the pack ish or just maybe a little below middle of the pack. Like it's not good, but it's okay. So will we ever see a 50 save closer? I actually think we will. It's just, we won't see them very often. When we do see them, they're going to be like so, so, so valuable for that one year. So if I look at the Dodgers right now, they have 42, 47, 52 saves this year. So the Dodgers have 52 saves this year. We just need to see the right team where like if Tony La Russa could give Liam Hendricks 50 saves, I think he mm-hmm. would. I honestly think, I think and that was, yeah. I was high on Hendricks in, in uh, draft season just for that reason. La is an old school manager. I felt like he would use them as much as he would use them. Like it was 10 years ago or more. And he mostly has. So they just haven't got, I'm just pulling them up right now, but they haven't had that volume. Yeah. They haven't had that volume of save chances. Like Hendricks has 37. The rest of the team has five. Yeah. That's so, crazy. Yeah. So he's been that way. We just needed to see the white Sox get, they needed to be, then they're a good team. They needed to be the team who had 50 save chances this year. And then we would have seen Hendricks up near up 45 or something like that. In the past, I've done a targets article based on previous years. What do you need to hit to like mm-hmm. hit 80th yeah. percentile? And it always used to be like 70 saves, you know, and oh, I'm now sure. not that that would almost win the category for you. And this is a full season we're talking about. Now, yep. I didn't do it because last year we were drawing off of the uh, we were drawing off the, the uh, 20, the, the two month season. So it was a little bit different. Mm-hmm. And now mm-hmm. I kind of feel like, all right, well, I, I have to change it. It's going to be fun to do that article. Um, yeah, that will be one fun off season activity that we will have to do is figuring out my targets as I will be doing that this year. Um, I, I kind of took a break from that this, this past year, just because it was, everything was so weird, but I think it'll, it's relevant again. So I'll, I'll, it'll be fun to kind of look at that. Yeah. The interesting thing with closers too, is, I mean, some of them this year, I am finding a little more closer wins. I think that's probably because a little bit because of the 10th inning rule this mm-hmm. year that like, I, I bet if I went and really researched that out a, a little bit, and again, teams have changed how they manage their bullpens a bit, but, yeah. but in general, once your closers, they're really unique in that once your closers in September, if you don't need saves anymore. So let's say you drafted Hendricks and Melanson and you nailed it and you're winning your league in saves, you know, maybe even picked up a Dylan Floro along the way or something like that. All of a sudden, it's like, what do you do with these guys? You can leave them in and hope that they get a vulture win or something and, and just let them help your ratios. But at that point they like, they lose once the saves don't matter to you anymore, they lose so much of their value. And we've almost hit a landscape where if you could nail two closers and then scrap any little bit of saves off waivers, cause you don't know you've nailed the two closers until late in the season. Like any, right. the bottom could drop out any time. Once you get a lead in saves, it's just like, what do you do with these guys? It's like, it's like having Joey Gallo and having the lead in home runs right now. Like what, yeah. like, what do you do with them? You, like, are you keeping them just for like for the RBIs and runs? Like, but the closers are so specific. Where, right? I'm sure there's teams out there who aren't using them this week and last week. Oh yeah, there's teams I, out there I, who I have, have probably a 12 teamer where I've got Hendricks on my bench. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I then I have a 15 teamer. I've got four closers theoretically active this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's that's a good team actually. That's uh, mixed labor where I picked up right. Michael Fulmer for like the 8,000th time this season. Right. Uh, but because he's getting saves again there. And I, you know, that was a tough call actually, because I could gain a point or two in wins, or I could try to gain like three or four points in saves. It was just, Oh, you're it, up to top spot in that league now. Yeah. Today I am. This is the first day I've been in the first place in that league. I won't jinx it. All yeah, I'll say already, is I did. Yeah. But darn it. 
It's all good right. for no, you. All, you, all you're saying is what? Go ahead. I, I interrupted you. No, I was just saying that I, I, you're right. I haven't, that, that's my worst league this year. And I, so I haven't been checking it regularly and I knew you were hunting around and I knew yeah. ESPN was in top spot for a long time, but had kind of slowly faded. So that is what, that one's coming down to Sunday afternoon. Every, t- there's been like every day, it's a new person in first place. There's like six teams that have a chance to win that, which is mm-hmm. awesome. And there's a history in that league of like 10 points changing in the last week. It can right. happen. Steve Gardner caught Zach Steinhorn, who's. Uh, uh, one year doing that in the last week. Zach Steinhardt is one of the teams that are right there. Ray Flowers is right yeah. there. Ryan Bloomfield's right there. You mentioned the ESPN folks. You know, mm-hmm. yeah, I'll, you know, Rudy, he's at 88 and a half points, but I, I've seen that change in a hurry. Right. And, and the thing is, chances are if he's gaining, then he's gaining it from the people that are above him. So he's going to pull them down too with him. It's, I think there were teams at like 115 at one point. Now 106 is in first. It's really, really tight at the top. Yeah, and that's going to be yeah. This is when you get the great races. I find sometimes when the league that the league champion in that league this year is going to have a low total. It's going to like like yeah. right now you would win with one hundred six. If if someone if if nobody pulls away and the leader wins with less than one ten, you're going to have a fantastic finish, which is awesome. That's right. So my dilemma this week is you know it's hard chasing wins in the final week of the season. First of all, pitchers mm-hmm. don't often go deep. I could gain. I'm one point one win behind two teams. I'm four wins behind the next team. So realistically, I can gain two points there. I'm not going to get mm-hmm. net four better than someone else. No. There's two teams, two wins below me, and three teams, three wins below me. So I'm in this really tight spot. Yeah. You know, I could just load up on starters, but the starters, quality starters isn't great. Meanwhile, I could win. I could gain two points in saves, or I could lose three very easily. So it's like I decided to go five starters, four closers this week. Right. And so cross fingers. I didn't have it. I, I class, a pitched an inning yesterday, but he, it wasn't a safe chance. Joe Barlow, who we spent plenty of bandwidth on before yep. you and I tossed over him. Mm-hmm. He's got nine saves. He's got a one sixty seven ERA and a 0.85 whip. He's been really good. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think with you, we're talking about chasing wins. I think something that, that uh, sometimes people get carried away with too. And I think you, you handled it correctly. You, people will stream these bad one-start pitchers in an effort to chase a win, and then they won't play Joe Barlow, and then he'll get a win yeah. this week or Class A. Like these relievers are getting wins. I, I know again, again, I know the tenth inning rule, which may be temporary, is helping them, but but they're getting wins, and mm-hmm. you just a one-start pitcher. Like if you started, I don't know, it's just I don't know. Anyways, if you started a bad one-start pitcher this week. And like, what are the odds that that guy actually gets a win? Like if that's a guy who's, who say starts all year and finishes the year with nine wins, well, he's winning like one out of every 3.5 starts. Like what are the and odds? Nine is he, being generous by the way. For some you of know? them it is. Yes, yeah. you're right. The guy, the kind of guys who are on waivers still, I pointed Good out pitchers to you. have nine wins right now. Absolutely. I pointed out to you in the notes, just that I know last night was a small scheduling. It was just five games, but uh, the only it was San Meriton on the Reds was the only starter last night who would have helped your ratios. Right. Every other starter last night hurt your ratios to some degree, hurt one or the other or both. And a couple of them did get wins. Well, like Keiko got a win while hurting your ratios, but anyone who was, you know, debating, just, I know it's small sample size, but anyone who rolled out one of those guys and they would have been popular because there's some two star pitchers there pitching on the Monday. Uh, they yeah. all hurt your ratios and yeah. most of them did not get you a win for your troubles. Yeah, that's right. Uh, yeah. So uh, it, it's 
it's fun. You know, all these decisions you have to make now, they're, they're fun. Yeah, man, they're mind blowing too. I know, Uh, I know. And you ended up just, I ended up just looking and looking and looking at the same problem over and over. Like during the season, you kind of look and then you're like, okay, I got to factor in wins or I got to factor in saves. And then you kind of make a decision and then you move on. But that last week, you can look at it forever. No, you know, trying to, trying to figure out, should you start this reliever or this starter? Which of these two starters should you go with? Yeah. And who do I bench? Like I could be, I want to be really loyal to Nestor Cortez. He's been great. But he always throws like four and a third mm-hmm. and he has two wins. And, uh, you know, am I, am I concerned more with ratios, maybe K's or am I, should I be more concerned with, you know, trying to get a win, trying to mm-hmm. get, you know, that ca- and, and you know how wins and saves are so darn tight. I made that decision mm-hmm. on benching Cortez this week. Uh, so yeah, that, that, yeah. that is what I did. I, uh, I've said all, I've said all year, if, if I think that the pitcher is not going to throw five innings, I'm not starting him. I've, that's been, my like mo all year whether i think he'll pitch well or not if i don't think he's gonna throw five innings i'm not starting him i think that's a good rule of thumb uh it, it would be a good decision uh, speaking of good decisions if there's one thing we appreciate here at rotowire it's making good decisions and even more so making the right decision listen up folks i have an incredible offer for you with rotowire's newest partner winbet the premier digital casino and sportsbook app winbet is now the exclusive sponsor for rotowire's fantasy podcast WinBet brings you all the latest action with a user-friendly interface, money line bets, boosted parlays, over-unders, round robins, live betting, and so much more at your fingertips. Want a break from sports betting? Head into WinBet's digital casino and take a spin on roulette. Double down in blackjack, slam the slots, or try your hand at Baccarat. WinBet is currently available in six states, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia, and if you've been listening all along, you know what those states are by now, while rapidly expanding. At WinBet, the possibilities are limitless. WinBet is currently offering all RotoWire listeners a risk-free bet up to $500 on your first wager. Download WinBet now. That's W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. WinBet, the exclusive partner for RotoWire's fantasy podcasts. All right, so how are your other league teams doing? You're still in first place uh, with Jeff Zimmerman in the main? Uh, yep, that one is not locked up. That's my one stressful one, and there's another... NFBC that I'm doing with Jeff where we could get some money or not get some money depending on how this week goes. The main the main would be my main stressor. Tyler Anderson got me on Saturday night. Oh. That was the nine inning, the two runs, nine innings. That was a tough one to wear, especially because he's one of those pitchers who you could have conceivably not used. Like if yes. like I've like I've Max Scherzer on that team. If he gets me, I won't even feel bad because there was never a decision with putting him in my lineup. It'd just be annoying. Right. Anderson You'd be mad at him. Not, yeah, not Anderson, like, it was a good matchup. It was the Angels. The Angels have been really bad since, like, all the process was there. The Angels have been really bad in the second half with no Trout, no Rendon. Um, uh, and Anderson had been really good in the American League. and Pretty consistent just overall this year. Uh, so we have in that league Ranger Suarez, and he threw that complete game shutout in the af- in the late afternoon. And we have yep. Raldis Chapman, and he got a save in the late afternoon. And around seven o'clock, I thought, geez, we might be able to jump up into that like top 22 where in the overall yeah. and get a payout there. I do. I didn't look at what we were at. I didn't want to jinx it. I just didn't look at it and left it all alone. But I knew going into the day, we were somewhere around like late thirties, maybe 40th. And I was like, okay, this is really good. Like if Anderson has a good start, we get a good start and a win out of him. We get two wins and a save today and good ratios. Like maybe 
we could get up and have a chance, get up into the low 30s and have a chance. And then Anderson just gas canned the whole thing. And now the overall is not even a factor anymore. Yeah, that's frustrating. Just uh, just annoying. I could have had like a lot of, I would have been a really fun week. I've never, I haven't played the main event in like 15 years until this year. So, and so, and back then I would just kind of get my feet wet. So, um, yeah, it would have just would have been a really fun week to to look at the overall standings every day. I would have really enjoyed that, but it's, it's not going to happen now. It's been a while since I've had cause to look for the overall standings for myself. Uh, <laughs> there was a year I was third overall at the All Star break. Wow! I didn't even finish it. I didn't even finish in the money in my own league that year. Oh, really? Yeah, I just fell apart in the second. Fell half. Apart finished quickly. fourth in okay. the last week. I just. In the last week, it was really the tough part too. Just completely collapsed in the last week. Was went from second in my league to fourth. Made no money at all. It was oh. so yeah. Try not to get too caught up in it. There uh, yeah. is basically the takeaway there. Yeah. Now, how many stressful uh, leagues do you have this week? Because you have a lot more leagues than I do, I believe. Yeah, I yeah I. So and I know last week you were saying that they didn't go overall as well this year, but I'm sure you still have some stressors this week. Yeah, uh, last week was actually a good week. Good. Um, labor. Ha- you mentioned labor. Um, I the second chance league that I'm in. Uh, it's Rob Silver and I going back and forth, basically, though. There's a couple other teams who are pretty close too. it's a league I share with Liss, uh, NFBC, that Memorial Day draft. And yeah. we're, we're, t- yeah. we're currently tied with Rob for first in that one. Um, and I can I can still cash in the main uh, in one of my two main main event leagues. There's a few others that, you know, I'm in in cashing spots, but those are the big ones. Those mm-hmm. are the ones I'm really paying attention to. Good. Yeah. Well, hopefully I hope, I actually hope something for you and for me, I hope something comes down to Sunday afternoon, although there's football on and all that jazz, but this last Sunday of baseball, fantasy baseball season, I find oh, it's a like hell I've of a had, day. I've had a couple, pardon me. It's a hell of a day when you've it got is. something on the line. I've had two. Now they weren't Sunday after one of them wasn't a Sunday afternoon. I've had two, two of my Tower Wars wins came right down to like the last game. And it was just, now, I guess it was fun because it worked out for me. Maybe it wouldn't have been fun if it didn't work out for me, but right. it was it was really fun. And one of them was a Sunday afternoon where I think I had the lead by like a point and a half on Sunday and I just needed, you know, my team to hit a few homers and I'd be set or whatever, but it was really fun. I got to admit, I preferred it when they, the season ended like on a Thursday or a Wednesday and right. they had everybody playing that last night. Yeah. Um, that, that was fun. I, I still remember the year, like the Rays, they did this and the Rays clinched the playoffs when Evan Longoria's homer down. The I remember that. Yeah. That was a hell of a day. That was it a was. great day. And I think there was some, I had a lot of fantasy uh, uh, skin in the game that day too, but it's just, it was fun. Now we don't have those races right now. That's one of the problems, actually, with the uh, the playoffs as it, as it's structured now, is those mm-hmm. races for those last spots can be really bad. And if you ever, and if we do expand back to eight, you know, it takes away all that. Uh, and I just think the tension's way gone. I mean, you're you're looking at the ninth best team versus the eighth best team. And it's like, who cares? Right. Yeah. No, Unless I, you're I, I can Yeah, I can understand that for sure. So. Um, yeah, I, I think, I think that year with the Longoria Homer too, just, there was just a lot of tight races. I, I do like, I love baseball, but I also love a lot of sports and just baseball season ending while there's like seven football games going on at the same time. is mm-hmm. just, it's not ideal and no. you can move it to Saturday night, the Saturday, you know what I mean? But then you're going to compete with college football, which I've, I've heard that you Americans really enjoy. So I, I, <laughs> and also <laughs> social lives and all that. Yeah. You know. So I don't know if that's a great fit. So you're right. Maybe a midweek ending 
would be really fun or I, I don't know, maybe the landscape's too crowded and they should leave it alone. I don't know. A Monday night ending. I don't think Monday night football is that big. Any it's big, but not, you know, it's one game. You could, it's not as big as it from, used to be. It's yeah. You could wrestle. Pre- Sunday away night's from a bigger game. game than the Monday night game now. Yeah. Almost, and you could wrestle always. away from the Monday night. I think you could wrestle that crowd a bit and get yeah. some of them if it was a big night. But anyways, I don't know. Maybe there's no easy solution there. Either way, I will be excited on Sunday afternoon to see how my leagues finish up. One of my favorite days in sports actually is uh, that Monday night where there's Monday night football and you have like the game fives of the wild card. Uh, right. Or not the uh, the the L, the yeah. LDSs, I guess right. it would be. But right. uh, those that's a fun day. You know, mm-hmm. elimination games are still so awesome. Oh yeah, you're right. I I can't wait actually just even for, well, this week as a Jays fan is something I've been waiting for, for a while. Yeah. How are you feeling right now? Uh, Oh, actually like, okay. Um, I'm worried about Ryu tonight a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, So fantasy angle, if you're thinking of starting him, I think you have to, but this is kind of why Toronto signed him. Right. right. To lead that rotation. And I know Ray's unexpectedly let it, but for now, but he's signed kind of to lead that rotation. I know it's not a 30 year million dollar year deal, but it's a big deal. And they gave him a little extended break here to get ready, which I think he needed. And, but he needs to beat the Yankees tonight. And he probably, and then if, if necessary, he needs to, well, it will be necessary if they're still in it, he needs to beat the Orioles on Sunday. So right. uh, like, I'm a little worried because Cole's tomorrow, if they can split the first two games. So I have, t- I haven't been to a blue Jays game since pre COVID. And I have tickets Thursday night to the Robbie Ray start. Oh, wow. And I'm pumped nice. and they're good seats, but I need the Jays to split those first two games. So they're still, you know, right there in striking distance on the Thursday. If they can get to the weekend, at least within a game of New York or Boston, I think that then the, like, if you're the Blue Jays, you like, you have to sweep the Orioles. Yeah. I mean, like you if, really are, yeah. you just want to have a chance. And absolutely. Yeah. You know, the thing is we saw, you know, the, 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 the tough part was like, if you're an A's fan, you know, last night was really tough. Cole Irvin got crushed again. Yeah. Apparently Cole Irvin, who's Cole Irvin said something like, I, I should be striking out more of these Mariners or something in his first outing. <laughs> and they've crushed him now five times. Amazing. And, you know, how is Cole Irvin giving bo- bulletin board material? Yeah. Yeah. Don't poke the bear, even if it's just a little bear like the Mariners. But right. yeah, Cole Irvin is not in a position good season overall and mm-hmm. you know surprising surprising fantasy season although he kind of messed up those numbers a bit last night but uh he was certainly helpful although strikeout rates poor but uh yeah that's you're right Cole Irvin you're right that was it that's a disappointing the A's have had a disappointing I know Scott and you have talked about that but a disappointing end of the year it is it is a disappointing yeah. end and between those and your Reds both teams like in it and then ran around mid-September dropped out of it you know I like that the Reds you know, once they, they put themselves in this bad position, they finally won a series this weekend against the Nats. First time in right. like nine series that they've won a series. Oh, but the Cardinals have won 16 in a row. Ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Good for the Cardinals. I mean, they showed up when nobody was thinking Cardinals earlier this season and like midseason. Um, yeah, a lot of veterans on that. A lot of veterans on that team leading the way too. Um, I don't think they'll get past the, the wild card, but uh, like awesome that they're in it and their fans get that one game, probably against the Dodgers, probably overmatched. Well, definitely overmatched if they're facing the Dodgers, but mm-hmm. whatever, it's one game. Maybe Nolan Arenado gets a hold of a couple and they win. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, maybe. Maybe yeah. so. But yeah. uh, that, that's the thing. And 
I guarantee you, like, you know, the Dodgers, you know, are like, I don't want to deal with this Cardinals devil magic. They've had yep. enough series against the Cardinals in the playoffs where it hasn't gone well. We know it won't be Kershaw getting that start, for instance. Uh, it, it'll yeah. be Scherzer. It'll be Bueller. Anybody, yeah. you know, because Kershaw has his personal nightmares against the Cardinals. So yeah. probably won't be that. Uh, before we move on, quick note from our friends at Vivid Seats. The summer is coming to an end, which means only one month until, po- well, a week until postseason baseball. Mm-hmm. Need to update that read. There's no better place to be than Vivid Seats to watch your team race towards the postseason, like Fred is doing on Thursday. So grab your MLB tickets, maybe a stadium hot dog or two, and cheer on your favorite team from the stands. Even better, they have a rewards program designed to provide real rewards for fans. Earn rewards, ticket upgrades, and perks just for shopping. If you're looking for tickets to the game to see your favorite performer or that new show everyone is talking about, Vivid Seats has it all. Visit VividSeats.com or download the app today. Vivid Seats. Experience it live. My, ticket, my tickets were purchased, by the way, on Vivid Seats. Oh, nice. Yeah. Good endorsement. Nice. Yeah. And so yeah. did you – very cool. And you said you got good seats there too, so – Yeah, nice. they had the best prices. I kind of shopped around a few – like – so the Jays just expanded from 15000 to 30000 max capacity. Oh, wow. So – but I bought my tickets about two weeks ago. Before mm-hmm. they had done that, so I had to buy them from the secondary markets. They were sold out, and Vivid Seats had the best price. So, and I'm not even saying that just for the sake of this advertisement. They actually no, did. no. So, yeah, well, it's the best sort of endorsement is one where you actually yeah. use the product. You know, who knows? Yes. Who knew? They also had okay. Now I'm endorsing them even more, but they also had. I hate it when you go to buy tickets online and they show you a price, and then you hit checkout, and the price just all of a sudden goes up like a hundred dollars you know, yeah. for fees and everything else. The Vivid right. Seats, they gave me a price and then it either didn't go up at all or barely went up when I went to checkout. And I was like, okay, they, like you almost click on like the next steps as you're purchasing them like, and you cringe like, okay, yeah. what are you going to hit me with here? What kind of processing fee are you going to hit me with? And they didn't. So that was good. Maple syrup fee. Uh, yes. Tim yeah. Horton's yeah. fee. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, uh, they did not do that. Uh, very good. Uh, okay, let's... Talk about some of these races. We talked a little bit about this. I mean, the funny thing is, you know, there's the AL East wild card, and then there's the Giants versus Dodgers. Really, everything else is pretty much settled. Give the Phillies a little bit of a chance. Yeah, they're playing the Braves. Right? They're playing the Braves. So yeah, two and if they could sweep them, they're games, in first. Right? If yeah. they can even get two out of three, then they're a game and a half out. A game and a half probably is too much, but. It gives them a shot. If if yeah. if the Phillies can win five this week, five of six, that's where I'm at with my Blue Jays. If the Jays need, I think Jays need to win five out of six this week. The Phillies can win five out of six, then they've got a shot. Yeah. So. They do. Yeah, that's I'll true. I'll give it to them, but I know I know low odds at this point. Right. All it takes is like one win for the Braves, and they've got their best yep. three starters going this week too. So. Yeah. Uh, Max Freed uh, has been pretty darn good lately. How are you treating him for next year? Yeah, I've never, I don't think I've ever had Freed on a team and I'm not against him. I don't yeah. know why I haven't, have never had him. Um, but no, I, I, I'm good with him. Um, you know, high ground ball rate, which is awesome. It's just the strikeouts are, are typically like kind of meh, like his career strikeout yeah. rates nine. Uh, exactly. So, um, and he's not tip now he's been a better whip guy the last couple of years. So at the beginning of his career, I felt like he was overrated in fantasy because, because he was a high whip guy. And I felt like everyone was looking at the ERA was solid, which it is, but that the, his, like when those whips were in the 1.3 is like, you can't have that anymore because your team's whip is like below 1.2 now or around right. there. 
uh, right around there, depending on how well your team's doing. But now this year, 111 whip. So with a Babbitt, that's like pretty normal for this era and for his skill set. So um, yeah, I'm open to him next year as like, uh, like maybe like a, like a low end number two. I have a hunch that he, I'm not going to end up with him, that other people are going to want him more than me, but I'm definitely open to having him. What about you? Uh, I traded for him in labor. Uh, that was when I traded away out. Joey Votto. Uh, right. And you know, Hey, Votto has been fine since that trade too, but you know, it's just what I needed at the time. And yeah. you know, that's the thing I, you know, I could, I might be jinxing him super hard right now and that's my fault, uh, for doing that. But, uh, he, he threw a Maddox last time out. He's not going to yeah. get you tons of K's, but man, I mean, he's starting to get deeper into games since coming off the IL. He's been really darn good. Uh, and so you like seeing that there he, at one point he had like a 139 whip It's down to 111. the Braves as a whole. I mean, you look at Charlie Morton, he's been way better in the second half too. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they've just, they've done a good job. Just everything's kind of mm-hmm. come together. I just, absolutely. I and realistically, I do think they'll put the Phillies away probably in this series, but, uh, but I, I just, for the, the part of me that loves drama is hoping the Phillies at Wheeler pitches tonight. I'm hoping the Phillies win tonight and at least create that drama, get to a game and a half tonight and let's create some, the more drama, the better. But yeah, I think the Braves have been pitching well and I think they will finish them off. Right. I think you're probably right about that one there. So that one, that's they're They're two and a half games up on the fills right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, it's going to take one win by the Braves and it's pretty much over. Pretty much. I mean, it, uh, yeah, stranger things could happen. Yeah, I know. You actually, you're right. If, if, if they're going into the weekend, two and a half down, you're right. Actually, the more I think about it, they need to sweep the Braves. Yeah, the Phillies would need to sweep it if they if they just win two out of well, three. If they win two out of three, they're a game and a half out. It's still possible. It's possible but, if, they, if they that was my thought. They could sweep the, then if the Phillies sweep their weekend set and the Braves only win one. I haven't looked ahead to see who the Braves have on the weekend, but I've just taken this whole thing. I'm most so focused on the Blue Jays right now that everything else I'm just kind of watching one day at a time. Rest, is, rest are just details. I get the Jays it, ones I've like memorized all theirs and all. New York's and Boston's and everything, but the other so, ones, yeah. Philly gets Miami this weekend at Miami. There, that could they could sweep that. Yeah, uh, Maybe. they do go against Alcantara, Luzardo, and Rogers. Yeah, not good it's actually. That would be a tough sweep actually. It, it'll be difficult. Although, yeah. who knows how much they'll use those guys? But I mean, the Marlins would probably love to be the spoiler there. Braves yeah. get Braves get the Mets uh, in in Atlanta. Uh, so, That's my bigger issue is that I don't know if the Mets can win that series. Yeah. Uh, looking at, uh, you know, the Braves, I mean, they've got the big three going against Philly, Morton, Freed, and Anderson. Mm-hmm. You know, as their fourth, they got Chavez making a start on, on, and I'm sure that's just an open. It's Jesse mm-hmm. Chavez crying out loud, who actually has been really good this year. 104 whip, 227 ERA, but still, it's, it's they're not a deep rotation. That's, let's leave it like that. That's right. So I guess, yeah, so there's the, actually, it's a great path for the Phillies. It's like you need to take down the Braves aces yourself. Mm-hmm. And then with those Friday and Saturday starters, you know, has had some good starts this year, but not much lately. Right. So, so, you know, maybe he's kind of fading here late in the season. He was hurt for a while. I don't know. He doesn't have a big track record of success either. So then it's like, well, then now they're throwing their like two, you know, a bad starter and basically a reliever. Um, right. And maybe they lose those games. So but the, I, I like how the Phillies get their aces. So it, it's like Phillies, if you want to get, if you want to win this division, you go out and beat the Braves aces. And I believe the Phillies are throwing is Wheeler. I think Wheeler and Nola are both in that series. I think Suarez isn't. Yeah. It's, it's Wheeler. Uh, yeah. It, it's basically Suarez is the one outlier here. So, but it, it is Wheeler, Nola and Gibson. 
So good enough. Yeah, that's Gibson, good enough. You don't know Been what you're going to get. Yep. Uh, he could turn into last year's Kyle Gibson as he has in a few starts for Philly already this yep. year, or he could be the guy that they traded for too. Uh, Suarez goes, uh, I think on Friday. Uh, yep, he does. And, so, yeah. And then Kraus is who they're tentatively listed as. And Wheeler gets a second start if it matters over the weekend. Mm-hmm. That's, and that's right. one of the so. things in fancy leagues is you want, if you're a Wheeler guy, you, you're really hard for the Phillies in the other games too, because you really need Wheeler to make that second start. Yeah. I don't know what his incentive is to make it. Otherwise, I guess he he's, Cy I, Young? I feel like he can't win the Cy Young now. Like, do you think he could really win the Cy Young right now over Scherzer? Probably not. Probably I think good. he can't. But I, that being said, this is the best year of his career, and he may want to finish it strong mm-hmm. no matter what and pitch on the Sunday. He leads the majors in innings this year. Um, you know, maybe he'll want to hang on to that one, like to put that away, although he might have it put away already. Um, he's just, this has been his best year. He's at 240 strikeouts. Maybe he'll want to get to 250. Right. So he'll yeah. probably be at, at 247 or something after the Braves game. So maybe he'll want to get over 250, lead the mate, try to maybe could try to lead the majors in strikeouts. I'm just kind of sorting as, a, yeah, he's, he, he leads the NL. He's four behind Ray. If he starts right. this weekend, he could lead the majors in strikeouts this year. That'd be pretty cool if you're Zach Wheeler. Yeah, I'd say so. Like he, he's good. not, he's not DeGrom. He's not Scherzer. He doesn't have that. He's a good pitcher, but he doesn't have that quite, kind of history. Yeah. He'd probably love to lead the majors in strikeouts. So since he's on my main event team, Phillies, go ahead and throw him out twice this week. And let's have this guy lead the majors and strikeouts. Boy, yeah. how dramatic has the Mets collapse been? They've lost five in a row, nine of the last 10. They're now nine games under 500. They were like, for for four and a half months, they were leading the NL East. And they were the only team looking like they were yeah. the playoffs in the NL East. And they've just completely imploded. Absolutely. I, I, don't, I feel bad for Mets fans. I feel like these things happen. The Mets aren't just terrible like it'd be worse to be, I guess, to be a team of a fan of a team that's just consistently always hopeless. But I feel like these things happen to Mets fans all the time, yeah. where hope meets despair at some point in the season. And yeah, it's just when they were succeeding, though, they were not hitting, and so much of the success was on Degrom and the pitching in general. But they were not like I remember thinking they were leading their division and they were like bottom five in the majors in OPS, which just like that's hard to sustain. And yeah. then they lose DeGrom. And I mean, I, even when they were leading the division, I bet if you told Mets fans in July that DeGrom had made his last start, they'd say, well, but the collapse has been really epic. Even like, it's not like they've just lost because of because De, DeGrom being out. The collapse has been pretty epic overall. But I wonder if that just took the wind out of their sails though, too. It might've. Yeah. By yeah, the way, maybe. DeGrom will not pitch this weekend. They were thinking about trying to get him going for this weekend. They decided not to do it. So we have not, we will not see him anymore this year. Uh, so there's that uh, it, we will, we'll see Thor. In fact, by the time you listen to this podcast, he'll probably have already begun start. I think he's pitching the first game of the doubleheader today. Right. So, uh, I'm, I'm interested. Did you pick him up anywhere? Like in friends and family or anything, just knowing that he's going to get a start. I did not No, He'll be a really interesting guy to evaluate though for next season. Like the Mets in general, him and DeGrom, like the Mets, this is, this is where we're always at with the Mets. They could go either way next year. DeGrom yeah. could be awesome. Thor. Oh, Thor's not back with them next year. Right. He's a free agent next year. This uh, I think you might be right about that, but he, I think is. he wants I, to be back. He wants to be back. And he, maybe he will be, it would make a lot of sense, but see, I got carried away. And then it's like, I could picture the Mets rotation all fixed and DeGrom's fixed and Thor's fixed. And somehow this offense that I just looked up is now 24th in OPS still mm-hmm. hanging out near the bottom of the league is fixed. Cause it has some good names in that lineup. 
Right. And well, the funny thing the- too is, yeah, they they you look at that what they were they were a good offense last year, objectively good, and then they yeah. added Lindor. Yeah. Like, okay, this should be a pretty good team, and that is not the way it's been. And no. Not not a good offense. All like Conforto has been horrible. I'm Awful. gonna pick up Thor, by the way. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna because why not? In friends, why not? Just have some fun with it. Yeah, exactly. So I I got plenty of Drek I can cut. Uh, Jed Lowry, see ya. You're gone. Be gone. There you go. The fun gone. part of the last season is you, or last week is you know you can basically cut anyone and you won't regret it. Yes, that's Just right. Cut. It's such a freeing feeling that last Sunday fab and you're like, do I want this guy this week? I do not. He's gone. And I don't yeah. have to worry about him biting me. I don't have to worry about someone picking him up. He's out of here. Exactly. The only only thing is keeper leagues. But yeah, yes. that, other than that, um, you're right. Yes. Oh, uh, Dominic we... Smith, by the way, while we're talking about disappointing Mets, holy oh. moly, Dominic Smith has been awful. 666. So is Michael Conforto. Yes. And Conforto has been awful too, for sure. And you paid a lot more for Conforto. You did. Yeah, uh, yeah, that one—that one's a rough one for me. I had a little bit of Conforto paid up for him in one in a staff keeper league too. So, uh, that that stench goes on forever. No, I, I just won't keep him uh, next year. Yeah. But it's like just a waste, such a waste of draft capital too. Mm-hmm. Uh, before we move on to uh, the, the Fred's most important race, uh, and that, as well as the NL West, we're going to cover the NL West and then handicap the Blue Jays uh, in the AL wild card. But before that, quick note from our friends at Yahoo. The new NFL season is underway, and Yahoo is excited to kick off daily fantasy football. There will be a ton of big prize contests throughout the season on Yahoo, including their multi-entry contest now being shark-free. To celebrate the beginning of football season and Yahoo Daily Fantasy becoming shark-free, Yahoo is giving all the users, or all users, the opportunity to claim free $10 in contest entry credit. Users can take advantage of this free $10 contest entry credit offer to join one of Yahoo's biggest contests. In addition to the free credit, Yahoo has a $1 million DFS football contest live. The $1 million contest features $1 million in total prizes, including first place receiving $100,000 and an entry into the first ever Yahoo Fantasy Football Championship live finals event, which will occur at MGM National Harbor in Maryland this December. Play daily fantasy football on Yahoo this season. Visit sports.yahoo slash daily fantasy slash welcome to claim the free $10 offer to get started. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. 
For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, motion sounds something like this. Kizik helps you experience the magic of motion. With over 200 patents and easy on, easy off technology, you'll never have to touch your shoes again. There are hundreds of styles and colors, plus a squish like nothing you've ever felt. For a limited time, get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. I'm Jeff Erickson here with Fred Zinke. Uh, we're handicapping races. Uh, quick uh, note from Ryan Roof, uh, who, who wanted to talk about DeGrom. He goes, ultimately, Phil Dassault, yep. I, I believe it's Dassault, as I've been told i'm having him on the podcast thursday morning he was Can't right wait. in cutting Degrom. he nailed it and remember he he was ahead of the curve and when to cut Degrom. yep absolutely phil was right on basically everything this season i'm sure yep. on thursday he can name a bunch of things he was wrong on because even when you win you're wrong a bunch of times but he was right basically all the time this season but you're right yeah cutting Degrom for phil for anyone sorry was it was a great move he made some other aggressive pitcher cuts i'm sure he could tell you about on thursday i forget if he cut walker bueller like a week or two ago in a league where I guess he just didn't need <laughs> doesn't need pitching. I don't know. I, I'm pretty sure he I'm did. So you should far ask him ahead. about on Thursday. He's just shutting it down just and putting it. Imagine in the- how you don't need some of the things Walker Bueller does. Like you don't need wins, strikeouts, or the ratios help. But so I, I would be interested in that. Ask him about that Thursday because I'm pretty sure he did that. You know, Walker Bueller pitched in cores last week. Yep, that was probably part of the equation for him. And, and he, he, didn't and pitch he well. was thinking that the last week. That they well, no, the way that race is going, it seemed quite likely that this week they would need him right. or would want to use him. I don't know. Ask him about it. I'd be, I'll, I'll listen. I I'll be interested to hear his answer. I absolutely will. I'm looking forward to hearing that too. Uh, like many things. Speaking of the Dodgers, they've won 100 games and yet they're still two games out behind the Giants. Mm-hmm. It's crazy how good the Giants have been. Uh, and you know, two games behind the Giants every time the Dodgers win, the, the Giants win. Giants just lost Brandon Belt, broken thumb. That's a bad loss there. Uh, mm-hmm. It, you know, either pretty starkly against the Dodgers catching them. Yeah, I think I, I thought all along the Dodgers would catch them. I didn't think they'd blow them out Me of the too. water at any point, but I thought all along they would catch them. They are not going to catch them. Like, it's, no. I, well, I don't think that. I just don't. The way the Giants have played this season so tough, like they have not gone into a funk at any point that I just don't think they'll let the Dodgers catch them. Like, I think the no. Giants will win their four games or so the Dodgers probably won't win every game this week. The Giants will probably win four or so the Dodgers, I think will come away with the division. They, they just, the Do- the giants have done a really good job. I'm not a giants fan. Maybe they've had little funks, but they haven't gone into that big funk where they let the Dodgers, you know, like surpass them. They've managed to, you lose a couple of games, but you save yourself from a losing big losing streak. Yeah. The Dodgers get the, the uh, are at home this week for the six games, but they get the Padres and Milwaukee. Padres would love, mm-hmm. love, love to hurt the Dodgers here. There's no doubt about sure. that. Uh, what a disappointing season for San Diego, though, especially the way they collapsed. And then Milwaukee, I think they'd love to kind of get off that Dodgers track by making sure they're the wild card. But, uh, you know, well, I guess either way, it's just, I, I mean, I think that Milwaukee, the, the one thing about Milwaukee is they might be like managing their innings. You know, it, it's currently scheduled to be Lauer, Burns, and Peralta. I could see Burns and Peralta going very limited here at the end. 
Uh, maybe. I, I, do, I, I will guess that I don't think the Brewers want to get swept going into the playoffs. True. They probably like to avoid that. So I think I think the Brewers ideally would love to split those first two games of that series, get a win. They can go ahead and lose on the Sunday. They can sit everyone on a Sunday. I don't think they're going to let Burns throw seven innings, but I think that I don't know if the Brewers will want to go into the playoffs. Yeah, on a on a sweep by another playoff team. It's just it's a crummy vibe. Well, then they sit for a few days and wait for you know the break in the wild card games. I mean, it's not a huge deal, but I think they probably like to get at least one win in that series. I just I think the Giants. What, what is the Giants' schedule? I think they'll hold serve. And, yeah. and when, like I said, they're four or five, they'll need to win. So the Giants have Arizona at home and then Perfect. San Diego at home. Yeah. So San Diego kind of cancels both of them have San Diego. But having that Arizona, the Giants got the lead, the easier schedule. I think they put it away. Like they probably put it away here pretty much in the first series. Maybe if they, if they can sweep Arizona, they just need the Dodgers to fumble once and all of a sudden that lead goes to three games. Right. Now, I don't know what... Th- uh, what the tiebreaker is? I don't know. I don't right. think you play a tiebreaker for divisions. No, no I think you it's do. You actually you do. Oh, you do because it matters. Obviously. Oh, matters. right, because a wild card. You're and right. that happened. Yeah. Remember the Cubs and the Brewers and the Rockies had that little. Yeah. Like, yeah. going to have the play in for the. You know, I think it was Cubs Brewers first to see who would get the uh, division, and then it was Cubs Rockies to see who would get the wild card. Right. Right. Or did yeah. I have it backwards? Point is like the. They had that triangulation there. Or no, the- yeah, I think you're right. Yep. Yeah. So yeah, I, I, I think that it's possible still that this, they could get an even an extra game, which would be wild. I was just gonna say, what if like somehow the Dodgers go six and oh and the Giants go four and two? That would be just wild. Yeah, uh, it would be. Yeah. yeah. So that's there. Okay, finally, the AL wild card, Fred. This is uh this is what it's all about for you. Uh it, it, it's super close. You got the Currently, the Yankees are the first wild card. They're one game up on the Red Sox, who are one game up on the Jays, uh, and a game and a half up on the Mariners. We can't rule the Mariners out. I think the A's—they're yep. technically alive. they're in the technically technically alive category. Yeah, absolutely, and good for the Mariners for getting a win last night. Like, right? They're still still hanging still hanging in there. I mean, they've been—is any team more surprising this year? I know the Giants are surprising for sure. Giants, like with definitely. what the Giants, I guess, are the most surprising. The Mariners are still like they've they're to me they're they're the second most surprising team. I'm just okay. really impressed. I thought they would fall way out of this race by now. How about the Rays though? Too they trade away Snell, they let Morton yeah. walk, and they've run away with the division and the best record in the American League. I mean, the Rays almost can't be surprising to me anymore because we just right? believe the Rays are superior to all of us and, and know what they're doing. Now, I will say that I give the Mariners also a, a lot of credit for being surprising. They have a minus 52 run differential. They've been surprising slash lucky right? mm-hmm. to, be, to be 17 wins over 500 with a minus 52 run differential is is uh, like they have the same run differential basically as the Tigers. Yeah, with 75 true. wins. So they have, they have a, a worse run differential than the Mets who I have 73 wins. So it's, so I like, they've been, yeah, they're basically the same one as the Rockies who have a seven have 71 wins. So they've been lucky, but good for them and good for their fans. They do the little things, right? Fred, they're not lucky. Yeah. 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 No one, they're not getting a little balance to that. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Anyways, back, back to the real race, which is my blue Jays against the Yankees with the Red Sox there in the middle who get Baltimore in the start of the week. mm Mm-hmm. And the Red Sox, I think, have a chance to kind of put that away if they could sweep Baltimore and get, at least get themselves maybe one of those tickets. 
You know what, though? Yeah, I mean, it's funny. The Red Sox ha- definitely have the best schedule. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. Joe Sheehan was writing about that in his, art- his article yep. yesterday in this newsletter, how they have a huge advantage because, like, the A's and Mariners are playing each other. And the Yankees and Jays are playing each yep. other, where as the Red Sox, they get Baltimore, and then they get the Nats. And, you know, yep. so they're, they're set for both series. Whereas, you know, the Yankees, at least over the weekend, they get – and the Yankees get Tampa Bay. Now, we'll see how hard Tampa Bay tries. Will Shane Baz and Shane uh, and McClanahan will they be allowed to go more than three innings? You know, are they just going to get work in to get set up? Uh, that was actually I had a tough call on McClanahan and Baz. I ended up rostering both uh, in my main, but because I just couldn't find better alternatives. But there's a real fear that they don't do a whole lot of work this this these in their respective starts. Yep, I picked up Baz in my main and in another league and mm-hmm. i'm using him i feel like maybe he has such limited major league experience that the Rays probably wouldn't mind to let him throw at least five innings i, I, I have the same theory on the Rays i have on the brewers just that they probably don't want to go into the playoffs getting swept just by the yankees they probably right. want to win at least one of those games just to just keep keep things rolling uh they, they probably love to win two or, or all three and and really put it to the yankees but i think They'd I like think they would love win. to knock the Yankees out. Absolutely. But I think, I mean, you think about what the crowd's going to be like in Tampa for a playoff game. Would you rather have the Blue Jays there or the Yankees? Because you're going to get a way more Rays-friendly crowd if you have the Blue Jays there. I don't know. There's a lot of transported Canadians living down in Florida, Fred. <sighs> some. The border's been closed for a long time. There are some. No, I they, still they, think they, the Yankees, they live down there. They, they live they, down they, there. They, You're right. Yeah. It's the snowbirds and and everything. Well, and, no, there know, are people who live down really there. Really loud and are very you know avid fans and all that. Uh, uh, but I don't know. I just feel like the Yankees that. fans travel so well. Right. There's so many of them out there. But anyways, I think I think bad. I so I might. So how about this? If you were me, would you use Baz at the Yankees or would you go back to the well on Tyler Anderson against the exact same Angel Angels team that just thumped him? Uh, you're getting who two are- starts out of Anderson this week, perhaps. So. Probably going in versus one start of Baz, where he may be short. No, Anderson, Tyler Anderson is just a one start. I think he doesn't he go to Dite and then goes again on Sunday. No, because he started Saturday. Oh, and we let me oh. just now you're got now you're giving me something to think about. Did they bump him up because he only threw two innings? I think they might have him be pitching no. on short rest. Uh, wait, unless oh, I'm looking at the wrong date right now. Yeah, he's scheduled oh. to start tonight's game. That's what oh. Ryan Divish of the Seattle Times reports. They're going four. Oh, I can't Seattle start him anymore season. anyways. They pitched already. They played already this week. He's locked. Seattle went six men all season. Now they're down to four. Uh, that makes sense. Kikuchi they're they're pulling at all the stops. Lately. Did you know that? You yes. said Kikuchi has been really bad lately, unfortunately. Yes, really bad. And isn't starting. No, wait. Isn't it? When's What's his name starting? Bush. No. Didn't they tonight. just call this guy up to start tonight, isn't it? Hang on. Uh, you hang on. No, uh, uh, Matthew Bush, not is, Matt Bush, wait, not, not Matt D-Mat. Bush. I got the wrong guy. I got the wrong guy. This is peak podcasting here. We don't usually, I don't usually do this, but they, the Mariners have a guy who I swear, Matt a prospect. Brash. Brash, that's it. He's supposed to make his debut in relief. He's supposed to piggyback. <sighs> so Anderson might go short on right. this game. Right, a, which would make that perfect would be a sense. bold call to have him start, wouldn't you say? Or would it be Brash? <laughs> yeah i think so i saw him debuting and i just assumed he was the starter and it was too late to add him in any of our weekly leagues so i just kind of glossed over it um it would make sense anderson on short rest it would make sense that he throws three innings tonight or something at four maybe and then brash comes in and then they try to save anderson for sunday if they could still use him that makes sense yeah 
Oh, maybe. Well, now I can't use Anderson anyways. He's locked. Yeah. Yeah. So he, it's too locked. late. It's Shane Baz. So who's listed actually on the rotor wire. He's listed as on Sunday. He used to be listed as yep. I think Saturday. Now he's listed as on Sunday. So yeah, we'll see how deep Which they makes it worse. Go. Obviously, you know, the later he's, he's slated, you know, the, the less likely that game matters. It's true. And could the game not, could the game not matter for the Yankees? There's pretty it's good possible. chance Anything with the where possible. Yeah, if the Yankees have a good, actually, if the Yankees have a good series against the Blue Jays, they could put maybe put that away, and they won't care on the Sunday. So Shane Baz will be facing a lot of backups. Yeah, and maybe yeah. the Rays let him throw five to just because, like I said, he has such little major league experience that maybe they let him throw five. I don't they know. Used McClanahan in relief in the playoffs last year. Point being is they're willing to use anybody in the playoffs if they're yeah. the best players. So yeah. we could still see it. Yep, absolutely. You could definitely see him starting. Uh, yeah. That would be fun. That would be a lot of fun. Yep. Okay. Uh, we got about five, 10 minutes left here. Would you rather talk a little Mondesi? Would you rather talk pitchers in the first round? What What do you want to cut ne- cut to next year? Everybody's already, let's talk first round because I just had an article come out today on the first round and people get mad whenever you talk about the first round yes. and you don't agree with, and you don't agree exactly with who they want in the first round. And I feel like everybody's already made up their mind on Mondesi. You're, you're either cool with him and you give him another shot this year and hope for the 70 yeah. steals. He has something, I forget how many steals he has in September, but it's ridiculous. 13, I think, right? Yeah, it's it's what you were hoping him for him to do all season. Yep. And yeah, so you if you want to draft him and hope for 60 or 70 steals last year, next year, go for it. And if you don't believe he can stay healthy, then don't pick him. Okay. It's really that simple with Mondesi. I don't know where he'll go. There's There's, there's one in every league who's going to take him. Yeah, and if he's healthy in spring training, the later, you know, as yep. we get into that. He'll go up and up and up. Second round and like, no, no. I, I don't do think it. he can get to the second round after this season. I don't even know if he can get in the third. I guarantee he can get in the third. Oh, if CJ he, Colton yeah. ba- CJ Coltenbach, Esquire, will definitely play in one league where he goes in the third. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, and there are others. There are others. He will go in the third. I, I guarantee you if he's healthy in spring, uh, he, he'll go there. But we'll see. I could be mm-hmm. wrong. I won't guarantee. No, mm-hmm. I won't guarantee it. That's that's wrong. I'm not lying. Uh, but because there's nothing backing my guarantee. So it'd be kind of just an empty promise. Uh, let's go back. to So let's go back to your first round. So you go Tatis one. Okay, fine. Go Trey Turner two. You know, so I'm not. Just saying one, by the way, I'm just glossing over the fact he's never sure. one overall. But well, I, on. as I put in the article, you either take Tatis one or you're not drafting him because you don't trust his shoulder. Yeah. If and a lot will find out after his surgery. Because remember, he's got surgery coming up. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I mentioned in the article that so far nothing's been done to permanently fix this problem. So right now, you don't know. We'll see how this all goes and how spring training goes. But if you feel good about his shoulder, I don't know how you pass up on him. If you don't, then, uh, then, you, then he's off your list completely because he's going really high. You know, honestly, they could have like shut him down this week. Yeah, arguably should have, but you know that obviously you know, like bite your tongue there. He, he, we, mm-hmm. He's my key to my run here in the last week. But yeah. point is, though, I mean, they, they have all the reason to do so in the world now that now that they're out. Okay, so who's number two for you? Right. So I put Trey Turner second, um, narrowly over Bo Bichette. I feel like they're pretty similar skill sets like 20 something homers Turner, maybe a little more steals potential more. I pick Turner just cause he's done it longer, but it's mm-hmm. still young enough. So I put him ahead of Bichette. 
I, I, I feel like they're a pretty similar guy. Maybe power swings a bit towards Bichette, maybe steals swing a bit towards Turner. Um, I like Turner now that, that the Dodgers aren't hitting that he's on Dodgers and they're not hitting a lead off. I kind of like that for RBIs. Yeah. So I put those guys right now, two and three. Okay. Okay. But well, Bichette at three is going to open some eyes though. I, I don't think people realize the category maybe. here. Uh, and this has got to be a lineup play too, that you realize you think that they're going to remain. Elite. Yeah. Even if they lose Semyon, they're going to remain elite. I don't think they yeah. lose. I think they've got to be the favorite to retain him, but we'll see yep. what they offer. Same yeah. And, and I know we talked, I talked to you about, about wanting Vlad really high and he's up next as my fourth guy. But the more I got into breaking down the numbers, um, you know, Vlad might hit for a higher average than Bichette and Turner, but the averages from Bichette and Turner are still really good. Like mm-hmm. those guys are still Turner's career 300 hitter and Bichette is in the two nineties. So, um, you know, Vlad, I, I might get a little more batting average, but I think I'd rather, I want some batting average in the first round. I'm not interested in Otani really in comparison, I think to the field, but I'd rather, I'd like to get some steals. And I know there's some sure. people saying you don't need very many steals anymore. Mm, I'd still like to get 20 or 30 in the first round if I can. Okay. If I'm going to take a first round hitter. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. Uh, five, Juan Soto. He has been so Oof. on fire since Amazing. the All-Star break. People yeah. don't realize because the Nats have been out of it, but I mean, they realize because it's Juan Soto. And we always talk about Juan Soto, but man, he's been so good. Uh, absolutely. And I think my two concerns with Soto, well, I guess I got maybe more than two. One is obviously that he doesn't steal a lot of bases, but he does steal a little more than Vlad. Um, my bigger concerns, one is that I don't know how good the Nats are going to be next year, right? The, so mm-hmm. like, do I want to spend a pick any higher than that? Like on talent, you could put Soto even higher. It's just my my two my, as I was gonna say, my two concerns are I don't know what kind of lineup he's gonna be in, and he hits way too few fly balls, and we yeah. haven't seen him yet be like a forty home run guy. He's got a thirty four this year. He's been pretty healthy. He's at twenty nine. So let's say he finishes at thirty. I don't think I can get it. Can go any higher than this. He could be the best hitter in baseball. He might actually be the best hitter in baseball right now. I don't know if I can move him up. If I'm thinking 10 steals and 35, 30, 35 homers in a bat in, a, in an average lineup or below average lineup. Yeah. We'll see yeah. what the Nats do this off season yeah. uh, to build around him. If anything, yeah. uh, that'll, that'll be a big key. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I mean, I'll sign up for 40, 10 and 300 something though. I mean, that, that sounds pretty tasty to me, but the yeah. lack of RBI is the thing that's could be scary. Yes. He's going to walk 200 yes. times next year if they don't build around him at all uh yeah willingly you know and and it's he, just so high like once you start pushing him to like third overall mm-hmm. or something it's just really this is a lot of, that's really hard to get him up to that for me if i saw the nats sign some guys then maybe i like who are good i might be interested to right. go that high right yeah so the next the first pitcher is an interesting debate next year because in the past mm-hmm. it's it was it was no brainer it's Degrom. yeah and then it's cold who's your number one starter uh, and for right now, if you were ranking for 2022, yeah, so I put Corbin Burns there. Um, just looking at like a lot of factors. First of all, his FIPS ridiculous, it's about one and a half. Um, so you know, some of the advanced stats say he could be even better than he's been this season. Um, strikeout to walk ratio is a great performance indicator for pitchers, he's the best in baseball yeah. among qualified pitchers, he's the best in baseball. And the Brewers move his innings up this year, but I think they could move them up. It could be a Walker Bueller type thing where they move them up even more next year. 
and then that allows him to maybe lead the majors in strikeouts. So I put him first right now. Obviously, DeGrom's first, no problem if you want to bet on his arm for next season. If you think it's 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 the pitching version of Tatis, except probably even scarier. A lot, it's a scarier. lot scarier. A lot scarier. That's right. It's a so either, lot scarier. You either believe in DeGrom, or if you have that also, if you go into your league with that theory of like, I'm not here to finish fifth. So I'm going to take DeGrom, and if I get 28, 30 starts, I can win it with him. And if right. I get seven, if I get seven or twelve starts, then whatever, I'm not winning this. Yeah, league. you're going with the mentality that I could get them to one point one player with, by a wide 100%. margin with the yeah. seventh pick or sixth or seventh pick. Yeah. So, so or, for now, I put yeah. Burns, then Degrom, then Cole. Um, I think Cole's the safest of the three, mm-hmm. um, just because he's been good for several years in a row. His team's good. You know, I, I think he's probably the safest of the three, but. Um, and then DeGrom's that guy. You could take DeGrom any, you could take him first and I wouldn't really wouldn't argue with you. Yeah. So, and if you don't want him on your list, then that's fine too. But I think Burns is interesting and I kind of put him there. Maybe I'm proving a point a little bit, but I think he belongs in that discussion with how he's pitched this year and how good the Brewers are. The, the other think, one will be the NLDH. That'll be yeah. part of that equation with Burns. Of course. Uh, I think there is a slight danger in extrapolating rate stats with extra volume. Yeah. That with extra volume, maybe the rate stats decline a little bit yep, for sure yeah um and just in terms of efficiency also health risk goes up a little bit you know all those things are uh, mm-hmm. can apply there yeah uh but you, you you definitely aren't looking you're you're not mentioning cole here as one of your choices you know he's number eight on your list but he's definitely behind those other two starters well i mean with Degrom, it by i feel like by the end of by by mid to late march uh, i'll probably either have Degrom like well ahead of cole or well behind him It'll sure. be more about DeGrom moving. I think Cole's like a really solid first round pick. Like if you're willing to go pitcher in the first round, I think I think him and Bueller are the really safe first round picks. Like Bueller's got a pretty clean injury history. The Dodgers now have let him throw some length. I put him, he's the I put him in the first round too, mm-hmm. shortly after those guys. Um the problem with Bueller is the strikeout rate. Cole can get you the strikeouts that Bueller can't. Um you know, but Bueller, I think, will probably give you better ratios than Cole. So I think there, the more I looked into it, I think there's a lot of pitchers who you can consider in the first round. Yeah. Give me, man, a 12-teamer. I don't mind mm-hmm. being at the back of the first cool. round. Yeah. I, especially because now I made my first round pretty pitcher heavy and, heavy and I put Scherzer in it. Mm-hmm. I don't know if Scherzer will get that high. I think he will in some NFBC leagues, because especially near late March when pitchers really get pushed up. But I think in a lot of other leagues... How about this? I think in our labor draft, I think Scherzer will go in the second round. That's a 15 teamer. I'm going to predict in February he goes in the second round because I don't think even if he many, signs with the Dodgers, I don't think this many pitchers that I have listed or Burns well then. I don't think this many pitchers will go in the first round in that labor draft. They typically don't. Like I think three or four of these guys will, but I think you could sit at the end of the first round and get one of these guys maybe early in the second round. But you're right in a 12 team league. Um, like I have Jose Ramirez 12th. That's a great foundation of power and speed. And then I couldn't even squeeze Mookie Betts into the whole thing. I wouldn't argue with anyone who took Mookie Betts in the first round. Yeah. I was just gonna say notable omissions, Mookie Betts, Ronald Acuna, Mike Trout. Yeah. I know you got some feedback on Twitter about Trout already. Uh, that was pretty funny. And yeah. then, um, uh, yeah, just there, there's, and there, you're always going to run into the, I never draft pitchers in the first round crowd. Yep. You're always going to get a couple of those unless you play the NFPC and then you realize, oh, okay, this, yeah, people do that there all the time. 
Yes, absolutely. I, I mean, I, I, some people just don't want to consider it. I mean, I believe Phil's main event team that's winning the main right now, he drafted DeGrom. So he drafted yeah. a pitcher in the first round, and it wasn't even a guy who – I mean, he got a lot out of DeGrom until he was hurt, but it wasn't – didn't even totally work out. And he's winning winning an overall. So, like, you don't have to draft a hitter in the first round to hit your targets. And, you know, like we see Adam Duvall with all these RBIs and, you know, other and Mitch Hanniger just hit homer 37 last night. So, like, you can him. get – hitters in the mid rounds late rounds who turn out great you don't have to draft a hitter in the first round you totally can you have to have a plan for your pitching and if that plan is you want to start with Cole and then you get some hitters like go for it you can draft a pitcher in the first round but you're right there's the never pitcher in the first round crowd that I feel like some of those guys just will not change their minds and that's that's their prerogative yeah they might be citing Shane Bieber uh, as their their evidence yeah Bieber uh gonna start on Thursday where does he go in your mind? I'd say probably like late round two, assuming spring, this is all for these pitchers like him, assuming spring training is going well. So mm-hmm. I'll say, especially because he just popped into round one once. So I, I, and I'm more thinking 15 teamers. I'll say, I'll get more specific and say, I'll say he goes like pick 25 ish. Do you yeah. think that's probably accurate? 25 to 30? Perhaps. He was really good in his first outing. Yeah. Uh, you know, three, three shot out innings. So you got like that perfect yeah. innings for that matter. Yeah. Acuna is the other guy on this list. Like I said, I put him in the almost made it. We just don't know what to do with Acuna right now. He could, if he, if he looks like he's ready in spring training, then he's a first rounder. Absolutely. Especially if he'll still, if we, if, if you believe he'll run right away coming mm-hmm. back off that knee injury, then yeah. he's an easy first rounder. And he bumps some of these guys and then he bumps everyone down a spot or like half yep. that first round. He's going to bump them all down a spot. Uh, but I'm guessing right now just that he either won't be ready for opening day or I don't know something. I just don't like, that's a significant knee injury. I just don't know if he'll, if I'm not putting him in my first round right now. Yeah. Again, you'll have you, by the time you draft, you'll have seen something. So there is not when we draft in labor, that's its own. And I'm sure you'll be doing it's always right before the pitchers and catchers are right. And I, and I imagine you do some like FSTA or something like that over in January that, like, mm-hmm. like we see some of those first big drafts come out in January where, yeah, where we won't have any of that information. So someone's going to have to take it, decide what they're taking a chance on with DeGrom and with Acuna. Yep. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. All right. We're, uh, this is, this is the end, Fred. This, this is, is it. our last pod of the season. You and I, I've got Phil DeSoe on uh Thursday. Jensen and I are going to close shop on uh Sunday. Love it. Uh, and then James Anderson's going to do podcasts all off season. So we will have podcasts, nice. but yeah, we'll have, you and I will have to do a special one after the, the blue Jays win the world series to celebrate. Uh, we'll do, we'll do that. <laughs> if the blue Jays win the world series, I will be happy to do any podcast anytime. All right, Absolutely. Very good. Yeah. Very good. Any uh, parting shots, anything else you want to promote uh, talk about before we sign off? Uh, no, I just want to say to everyone listening, you know, thanks for listening this year uh, to ours and to all the other Rotowire podcasts on the other days. I listened to all the other ones too. And, uh, you know, and I'd be happy to run it back next year. And good luck to everyone in the last few days with their leagues. Yeah, I, I, I am too. I'm looking forward to it. And yeah. uh, thanks everybody for listening. Thanks to WinBet for your sponsorship, their exclusive sponsorship of all Rotowire Fantasy podcasts this fall. Uh, we got Clay and James at you again tomorrow. Have a great day. Take care.